He was threatening to jump and, you know, walking back and forth on the parapet. And I'm not good with heights. You know, you really don't like dark roofs at night. Uh, Me neither. I'm not good with heights. I don't even like, I don't even like crown heights. I got to take a breather. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. One thing you might need if you're an aspiring criminal is a gun. Like most any object, a gun isn't really a thing. It's many different things. For law-abiding citizens, it's a self-defense implement intended to enhance personal security. If you're a suspect subject to arrest, it's a dangerous weapon, an intensifier in any instant police are investigating. Police tend to get very nervous around guns, and with good reason. According to these FBI statistics from 2019, there were 48 officers feloniously killed uh, 15 died as a result of investigative law enforcement activities. Six, conducting traffic violation stops. Those are much more dangerous than you think. Four, performing investigative activities. Two, were drug-related matters. And two, were interacting with wanted persons. One was investigating a suspicious person or circumstance. It seems low. It seems like I, I would have thought there were many more than this. A uh, 40-year detective at NYPD on the night watch, Pete Panuccio, joins me now. Uh, doesn't that seem low? Yeah, it does seem low, actually. Yeah, um, yeah it depends. I don't know what their class are. I'd have to really look at, sit down and break down a report. I, those numbers, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, how they classify things. Um, those numbers seem really low. Yeah, maybe in felonious. Uh, it says feloniously killed. 41 supposedly died accidentally, which seems high to me. No, actually, believe it or not, uh Quite a few. You you had mentioned car stops, uh, traffic uh, stops, stuff like that. That and handling domestic disputes are, have traditionally been the most dangerous things a cop can do. That's why many states now have the move over laws. If you see a police officer doing a car stop, in some states now, if you don't pull over to the left, move over. If you don't move over, because that's when people get hurt. People don't pay attention. They're texting. They're doing whatever it is they're doing. First thing my dad taught me, teaching me to drive, move the fuck over. Get when out of the way. When you see lights, when you hear lights, all that shit. When you hear a siren, you don't hear lights, but you know what I mean. If there's a cop behind you, an ambulance, fire truck, move over, and that is the deal. Now, a gun can show up in odd places sometimes, and then it really is a story. Like a uh, suspect who was arrested earlier this week, and then he was still carrying his loaded gun when he was taken to a violent Brooklyn court. And uh, the suspect had been arrested in Williamsburg Wednesday night, then taken to the 90th precinct where he was placed at a holding cell until his arraignment at a violent Brooklyn criminal court. The following day, the fully loaded 22 pistol was found on the suspect. That's a problem. <laughs> at Brooklyn Central Booking. Uh, yeah, it, it, since it was found on him during booking, cops said three officers who handled the arrest were briefly stripped of their guns and shields, but later placed on uh, active duty. And the incident's under internal review. Wait, so I don't understand. If they found it during booking, how did he still have it at court? This is where a lot of the stuff goes back to what's going on today. Cops are afraid to put their hands on people. Whereas yeah, more 10 or 15 to. years ago, especially when we did a lot of stop, question, and frisk, when you put a guy on the hood of your car, you searched him, you searched him well. The last thing you need... As in the middle, if, you, if you're doing some kind of stop or you're interviewing somebody, is this guy to pull out a gun? I've seen it. I've seen it in person. Um, some cops are more thorough than others. Yeah. Many years ago, there was an instance where a police officer 
brought a guy in, standing in front of the desk, didn't search the guy's fanny pack. In the fanny pack, he had a twenty-five caliber pistol. It was a male and female team, and the female police officer turned around and punched the male cop right in the face. It was not the first time he'd done this. It was the second time. One of the things that I've always hopped upon, uh, no matter where I worked in my career, was dealing with prisoners. If somebody's in handcuffs, okay, that's generally an indication there's something wrong. It's either because they're crazy and they're going to be removed to the hospitals and emotionally disturbed person, or they're under arrest. I don't care what you're under arrest for. I really don't. You need to be searched. In 2002, detective that works for me, that did work for me. I was not assigned to the detective squad at the time, but they brought a prisoner in, and the guy had a loaded handgun in his underwear. And unfortunately, they brought him in, put him in the arrest room. They assumed he was just glad to see him. He had been searched, and someone missed the gun during the search. We think he had it under his ball bag. The guy was a raving lunatic. It was a domestic violence situation. One of the detectives is now in the room. He uncuffs the guy. He sits him down. That's when this guy pulled the gun out, and he wound up holding this detective for four hours in the room at gunpoint. And what type of gun was this? It was a revolver. The detective, he had the detective on the floor. The detective refused to surrender his weapon. He laid on his side. He told the guy, he says, I'm not giving you my gun. And that's how it went for four hours. The detective spoke to him. Um, ESU was brought in. They could see into the room through the, the one-way mirror. ESU. Emergency service unit. They were debating whether or not they could fire through the glass. And this guy held the gun for four hours, pointed at this detective's head. And then what saved the day was the detective, one of the finest detectives I've ever met in my career. He basically talked the guy down. But, um, you know, all sorts of people were brought in. And uh, some demands were made. They brought the deputy commissioner for public information in. The police commissioner was there. But it ended, it was resolved peacefully. The guy gave up the gun. And it would, even when he got to court, he pled guilty to all the charges. Well, um, he was that, he was just a uh, bizarre dude. Yeah. Well, it sounds as if he was. Uh, and so uh, this gun, I mean, he, he certainly had full confidence in the correct operation of it and stuff if he's willing to put it right next to his ball bag. And I, I assume with the barrel pointed uh, either at his ass or his balls. Yeah. There's no fault of the detective that was taking hostage. He's not the one expected to do the search. You know, and it, it you just don't know what's going to happen when it could be in somebody's apartment. Why not just cuff everybody? I mean, cuff everybody. Well, the guy had been cuffed. He was arrested at his home. He was searched. Um, He was brought in, and it happens. That is a prepared dude. He had the gun. I mean, if he was arrested in his home, I mean, he he had to have it secreted away by the time the cops got there. They wouldn't have allowed him to, you know. Yeah, to this day, we don't know. Um, it's, It's happened before. Some people will go to extreme lengths, and there was no gain in it for him. In the end, this would have been a, a domestic violence arrest, it's and due, he would have been out of jail in a day or two. He wound up pleading guilty, and he took life in jail. Jesus Christ. A life, Christ. Sentence. A life sentence. Yep. 
that is something else out of a domestic uh, that that you know, like you said, a day or two in jail. But this guy uh, rather than go the easy way, took a gun in with him, and uh, that's how it ends up for him. And it's an intensifier of all things. Guns are very illegal here. I mean, they're illegal, but they're, the the punishment is up to seven years. I thought for possession of a firearm. Now, by taking it into and pointing it at the head of a detective, that's a completely different thing. Even you know, if he would have said when he got in this, is listen, I got a gun on me. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have taken the gun from him, and trust me, that guy would have been out of jail for many years already. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to court, and he didn't care. He was like, you know. That's fuck okay. you, fuck you, I don't care, put me in jail. Okay, this we'll guy put me in jail. He really does hate his wife, I guess. Is what he's we one of these people I think hated everybody. <laughs> well, he's, uh, now he gets to hate people in a much more confined sort of environment. Well, he'll, he'll meet far fewer of them, I assume. But, Pat, let me make a quick point, though. Please do. Because cops are so intimidated today, uh, especially you see it in New York City. Cops don't want to put their hands on anybody. Yeah. This is going to happen more and, this, and more. and this is out of protection of their jobs, their yeah, pension, everything they've ever worked for. Yeah. Nobody wants to get in trouble. On a national level, especially now. Uh, yeah. Well, you will be national news. And the truth doesn't matter anymore. People you used to have the truth on your side. You would feel confident in doing that because you know people would be able to assess the truth of the situation. Now, people don't care about the truth of the situation. It's just uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Well, it, this is, like I said, it's something... Cops need to be cognizant of. You got to remember, I grew up in a time where violent crime was the rule and not the exception. We learned very early, very fast. Yeah, you toss people, you toss them good. Right. So, a you know, a word from the veteran in Manhattan: an emotionally disturbed man in custody late Thursday after he barricaded himself inside the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center on the Upper East Side. Now, this is a different version of that story. I have the same one from the Post. I don't know if this one was originally from the Daily News. Maybe it was. It, it, it said cops received reports that he fired shots in the gun. Unclear if anyone was struck. That's like the next to last paragraph. Of course, that's in the headline of the Post story. Uh, that guy blasted, he's blasting away. Yeah, it sounds like he shot up the room he was in. Um, this, was- is, this is the kind of stuff I used to handle. When I was a member of the hostage negotiation team, uh huh, been down this road. Now you got a guy. If he's in Sloan Kettering, and as you, when you get there and you start developing background information on what you're dealing with, you find out that you know. And I haven't seen much in the papers other than he did have cancer. Yeah, that's in the post story. He's at Sloan, and he may well have terminal cancer. You don't know, but you're dealing with somebody that might not have much to lose. Sixty-five years old. Yeah. Yeah, he's at that stage. He doesn't care. I don't know what prompted this. I don't know what set him off. The The good news is he was contained. He was inside a uh, small area. These are extremely dangerous situations. NYPD, especially emergency service unit, and the hostage negotiation team, bar none, probably the best in the nation with dealing with this. Well, it said that sparked a massive police response with the NYPD's hostage negotiation and emergency services units on hand, and they did do a good job. The guy was not, uh, it's, it's, it's unclear if the man had any hostages. This reminds me of a, an event in a hospital maybe a year and a half, two years ago. It might be three or four years ago. You know how it is with years. A guy had a long gun up on a hospital. I believe it was in Harlem, 
and uh, he actually did connect with some people. Shot uh, a few. Do you do you remember this one? No, off the top of my head. It's so funny, right? In a lot of in a lot of places, that would be remembered for years. They, you know, but uh, this <laughs> no one's more clued into what's going on. But with my crime brain than you. is my brain is half fried. I filled up the hard drive a long time ago, Pat. You got to cut me some slack here. <laughs> and I'm old. I'm an old man. Yeah, well, yeah, but you were, yeah, no, you're. you're I'm an old fart. My brain's getting soft. I didn't know you. You pay attention though. Yeah, I, 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 I dread when I become an old fart how soft my I, brain is going to be if this hey, is where Pat, you're at. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. I'm going to put my props in here for the emergency service guys. The HNT guys generally come from the ranks of the detective bureau. You go through a couple of weeks specialized training. The ESU guys operate more on the tactical end. Um, with breaching the location or, or securing it or, you know, getting up the uh, bullet-resistant shields. Some excellent guys in ESU when it comes to talking people because ordinarily they will be there prior to the arrival of the hostage negotiation team. And many times I would find that they would already be engaged with the uh, subject on the other side of the door. And I just need to... Put the props in there that ESU has some excellent guys that have been on the door, can talk to people, and uh, excellent work. What they do is the hardest of the hard. I would imagine the, the most intense of the intense. And it's... Yeah, generally when they were so crazy uh, on the other side of the door, when they were making no sense at all, then it would be like, all right, send Pete in. Um, well, he you... speaks crazy. <laughs> you... Actually, I'm I'm looking for that. I cannot find that story. So that's uh, so that's that. The guy was uh, from uh, Senegal or something, I believe. I don't really remember, but it was uh, yeah. The guy had this. I believe it was like a one of these uh, tactical weapons, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you talked a guy down who was about to jump off of a roof. Uh, in in the guy was a murderer. Oh, murderer. he was a murderer. Yeah, murderer. He was a murderer's murderer. That guy. He uh, a, a domestic violence situation where he was angry at his girlfriend. We covered this story earlier this year. They had uh, shacked up for COVID, and the woman was this very nice woman, a very smart uh, woman. Yeah, this is in Manhattan, uh, I believe, on the east side of Manhattan, and she, yeah, smart woman. Good woman. She had a she had bad taste in men. Apparently, uh, this guy was a bit of a career. Would you say career criminal? Is that right? Or yeah, he was one of these people that over the years, over the decades, would float in and out of the criminal justice system. Okay, and uh, and and he became enraged when she wanted to boot him out of her yes. place. And then uh, he found her in, I believe, it was a wine store. It was uh, actually two stores away from their apartment. It was a wine store. Um, he went in and stabbed her, literally pinned her to the floor with the knife. Uh, one of the more horrifying videos that I've ever seen. I don't believe that was made available, was it? Uh, I think, hmm, I actually, I, I mean, I saw, I saw the video, but well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I didn't see the video before I went up the roof to talk to this guy. Because quite honestly, I would have said, dude, you're fucked. You know, it's all over. But you got to remember, with dealing with a guy like this, narcissistic sociopath, he killed her. He went up to the roof. I was on my way into work, and I, I went direct to the scene. And uh, the ESU guys were already up there. It's very confusing when you get there. 
Now you got to picture this. You're on a dark rooftop. It's cold out. The ESU guys are up front by the parapet, and uh, they were all wearing lifelines. I'm not wearing a lifeline. I'm standing back. The, you will always hear the ESU guys say, watch the lines, watch the lines. You don't want to get caught up in a line. Should they make a leap for this guy or should one of them fall and you'll be caught up in their, uh, their lifeline? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people. How many of those ESU guys? There was quite a few up there. There was probably about uh, 10 or 12 guys. You had multiple units on the street setting up airbags. When you say they have lifelines, then they are on, they're on the building. They're, on the- they're harnessed. The ESU guys are harnessed, and then they're attached to lines. There's, when you're up on a dark roof of an old tenement, uh, you can't, you know, like you said, you, the only ambient light you have is from what's coming up from the street. You really don't want to be shining flashlights around. You don't know what this guy has on him or in his pockets. No telling. Um, of course, he's up there ranting and raving, and this is his final chance just to call the shots and control the show. And you knew this guy was... Oh, we knew he was the guy. The guy, but yeah. you had not seen the video. I, I myself had not seen the video. 63-year-old John Foster of Oak Terrace. So, um, and it's a gamble. It's always a crapshoot on what you're going to say to this guy. And I told him, say, hey, listen, you know, I'm the detective boss in charge here, okay? She's still alive, all right? So maybe... She's still alive. But yeah. you, but you, you told him that, but that was not. Was that the case? No, it wasn't. No, okay. So, to give him an out, he wasn't by. I mean, I think he was unsure as to whether I was telling the truth. But by the same token, he yanked our chains for both better part of three hours, and because uh, he was threatening to jump, he was threatening to jump and. You know, walking back and forth on the parapet, and I'm not good with heights, and I really don't like. Dark roofs at night. Me uh, neither. I'm not good with heights. I don't even like. I don't even like Crown Heights. No, no. Oh, Washington Heights. But that said, the goal was to keep him talking. That 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 was that's the motto of HNT is talk to me, and we kept him talking after two and a half hours of solid conversation with this guy. I, I the HNT boss, the lieutenant, showed up. He was on scene, and I says, I got to take a breather. But says, I'm actually out of stuff and avenues to even talk to this guy with. You know, if somebody fresh wants to get in there, give it a shot. Uh, I'm one out. Yeah. I have nothing left. I, I says, I gotta, I'm got going to come over here. I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm going to take a breather. I'll jump back in because he seemed to connect with me. And was he... Uh... What was his attitude? You say he was trying to call the shots and stuff. Well, and the, the, their last opportunity to do that. His anyway, last so. opportunity just to jerk everybody's off. Because at Everybody, this point yeah. now, he's in. He's the guy running the show, basically. Yeah, yeah. he's not going anywhere, but he's going to have his little, you know, his little show before he goes to jail. Yeah. Um. He kept it up, and and. With his threats, he says, you know, I'm skilled in this martial art. and that. Guy quoted a lot of crap, very well-versed in Buddhism and all sorts of religious stuff and spiritual stuff and just throwing a lot of shit out there. Maybe and, could he uh, used a little of that before he decided to stab this woman to death. Yes, but he, in the end, he wound up, he was getting tired, and he stepped down a little bit off the parapet. It was a slanted parapet. 
And the ESU boss over there made the catch of the year and took him right down. Uh, this was a guy that for three hours telling how he's going to kill any one of us that took a step up there with one punch. He says, I'll split that helmet right off your head. Mind you, this is a ballistic helmet that, you know, protect against rifle shots and stuff like that. As soon as he got tackled, the first words out of his mouth were, don't hit me. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a tough guy. This was 333 3rd Avenue down the block from Gottlieb's home. It was 1018 at night. Kipps Bay, which is a nice neighborhood. Very nice. Very one nice the, neighborhood. One of the nicest in, in Manhattan, I would assume. And uh, he got into an argument on the street with Foster, who was identified as her boyfriend. I think uh, Seth Barron, who I had on the show when we discussed this, had a personal connection to this woman. I don't recall exactly what it is. have to look back at the episode from April of, uh, what was it, 2020. So this was uh, one of your last... Uh, I one, would, of my, one of my last hurrahs, so to speak. Last, yeah, negotiations, maybe? Last serious, real negotiation, yeah. Yeah. There were others after that, but um, nothing nothing of the intensity like this. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be, this will be going to trial, I guess, at some point. This says following a brief standoff. That does oh, not that sound was not a brief. brief standoff. No. Convinced him to back away and took him into custody without further incident. I mean, uh, yeah, this was, uh, you said two and a half hours or so? Uh, just my part. I got there part. I got there around 11.15, 11.30. He'd been up there. Uh, and I went for another two, three hours with this. Easy. Yeah, yeah. brief standoff. That's uh, Well, this is AM New York I'm reading from. And uh, they, they apparently did not have the uh, entire story. It says well, he allegedly plunged a knife into her chest. And repeatedly. Of, yeah, repeatedly. Now, do you happen to know? I mean, not that it matters, but how many times he, he I, might have Off the top a, of my head, I don't know. But I, I do remember the quote uh, when he took his ring and says, here's your fucking ring. Eat it and stuck it in her mouth. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so there's obvious remorse there. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have a hard sell with this one. You know, the uh, do, do I think he was insane? No, I just think he was an enraged, you know, angry guy. Smartest guy in the room. He's one of those people. He's definitely the smartest guy in the room and has right. all the answers for no matter what you put to him. A nightmare person, in short. Yeah, that's what it sounds He's like. He's not and the guy you want as your next-door neighbor. And you want to be careful who you shack up with. That's, uh, that's you know, no, I've never followed that rule. But, uh, you know, you're living with somebody, you're in a situation now. If you bring somebody into your home after 30 days in New York City, man, you you're can, stuck with them. You can't get rid of them. Yeah, they the police cannot remove them at that point. It is uh, becomes a civil matter, I guess. And, and uh, they would unless they commit a crime that you're willing to report them for, then I suppose. Yeah, you can go to you can go to uh, housing court. Landlord, tenant court, stuff like that. Yeah, that's... In about nine years, you'll get a resolution to your case. I was going to say, it sounds like a speedy process going to uh, housing court, uh, which I'm sure isn't even meeting right now. Probably no. not convened. No, in, in the COVID era, it'll be 18 years before you get them out of your house. You, you're better off just moving, changing your name at that point. You know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, telling the landlord to, that the uh, lease is no longer on, uh, on you. I, I don't even know if you can well, get out of it. Technically, no, you can't get out of it. The landlord can turn around and say, good, you want to get out of your lease? Pay me. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, chances are now the amount of money that we're talking about, they're not going to sue you for that. 
Oh, don't be surprised. <laughs> I don't like to talk shit about landlords because, frankly, my landlord, not that bad. And uh, I'll say another thing. Rental property is hard to maintain. I'll move on because I don't want to get into a long rant about rental property. A man was found critically burned inside a Mercedes Burns. <laughs> Mercedes Benz, rather, excuse me, following a mysterious car fire in violent Brooklyn. This is in Coney Island. They responded to West 25th Street between Surf and Mermaid Avenues down there. Shortly after 7.20 a.m. Saturday, they found two vehicles on fire. Police found the injured man, 36 years old, inside the black Mercedes. I wonder if it started black or if it was just the fire spread to an unoccupied gray BMW. Well, it's a couple of fancy pants cars down there. In it certainly Island. is. And the burn victim was taken to uh, the hospital. He's in critical condition. A lot of pain. The matter's under investigation. Anyone who knows anything about this mysterious car fire shit down in Coney Island, please call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-577-TIPS. That's 1-800-577-TIPS-8477. If you like numbers, and if you're Spanish, one eight 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 five seven. Pista. Ocho, dos. So, what do you think? Uh, I think his family's really going to love seeing that headline. Um, you know, the New York Post strikes again. They do come up with uh, some catchy, catchy titles. Well, this just says "Man, thirty-six critically injured in mysterious Coney Island car fire." Well, I'm talking about the Mercedes Burns. That that's kind of harsh. Was that was that in the headline? Yes, it was. That oh, was the headline. Mercedes, Mercedes. Burns. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's some cold-hearted shit right there. Holy uh, shit. Who knows? I, I mean, if he doesn't have a gunshot wound or something else going on, it could be just intox and sitting in the car for hours on end and the car overheated. It, that'll happen. That will happen. Sitting it'll in a car for hours on end, it'll overheat and catch on fire. Sure can. I did not know that. Wow. I had no idea. I, I did not know that that was a risk at all. Because, you know, I got a girl. She, she, she'll go out and sit in her car. She gets sick of me. She'll go out and sit in her, you sit have in her to, car. Anytime you sit in a car for a protracted period, it, 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 you have to pay attention, okay? Open the windows. If you have a defective uh, muffler, you'll get carbon monoxide backing into the car itself. You will be dead. Wow. Okay. Well, lesson learned. I'll have to pass this along to her. Here's a, here's a helpful tip for heavy snows. About 25 years ago, after a heavy snowstorm, uh, the guys at work went out to dig out one of the cars. One guy thought he'd be, okay, let me get in the car here and I'll rev it up and get it warm as everybody else was digging it out. Nobody realized that the muffler for the car was actually buried, uh, like really impacted and buried by the snow. Right. He passed out in the car. The car had tinted windows, and nobody even saw him pass out. Whoa. Came very close to killing him. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, it seems as if, like, uh, if he's like, let me get in the car and warm it up, you, should, you, know, you shouldn't be sitting in the car the whole time. Get out and dig. You know? Well, that's, you know. That's uh, what, to ever thus to shirkers. We, listen, we were just very happy he was okay. But of he course, did of pass course. out in the car, and it, it, it's extremely dangerous. Yeah, okay. That's good to know. I didn't think about it. Heavy snows, they can, they can you know, block everything up. And uh, it may be faster than the snow gets melted, apparently. Do you want a quick snow story? Please. About eight, nine years ago, we got a guy shot on Riverside Drive around 158th Street. See, I wouldn't call this a snow story. Already, I would call it a guy shot story. But I guess you have. <laughs> but no, but the snow was the important part. Mind you, on one side of the street, there's several large buildings, 
And on the other side of the street, there's nothing. There's Riverside Park and New Jersey. And snow everywhere. And the Hudson River. Let me guess. He was shot by a a snow leopard. uh, Well, it could have been. Abominable snowman (laughs) of some sort. We have some crappy video of this guy walking up the avenue, walking up the Riverside of Riverside Drive, which would be the west side. And then he comes walking out from behind a van, and he's stumbling, and he collapses in the middle of the street. This was shrink your balls cold uh-huh. on Riverside Drive that morning. We're trying to figure out how does how does this guy wind up? There's nobody out. The streets are desolate. It's freezing. The wind is blowing. We find this crappy video, but there's nobody walking up or down Riverside Drive in that area. There's nobody. There's no vehicles going past, and. Nothing we can see out there in the street. Did he? Did this guy's dead, right? I believe he wound up surviving. He was extremely critical at the time. Frostbite and everything. Well, the the gunshot wound was the main thing. The yeah. main thing. Um, so I'm standing there looking at New Jersey, and there's been cases. There's been cases. It was a celebrated case back in the '60s where a guy fired a shot from his rifle on his boat in Sheepshead Bay. The bullet bounced off the water, traveled a mile, uh, went into a window, and killed somebody in an apartment in Sheepshead Bay. Jesus Christ. True story. True story. And um, Bounced off the water. Traveled a mile. A mile. Yeah, it was a high-powered rifle. And he just thought he was, you know, plinking around with his gun. So Ooh. now I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to think, how far is it across the river from New Jersey could around a rifle crown, you know, a rifle round conceivably could make it, high powered rifle. In the midst of all this, a cop comes up to me and he says, "Hey, Sarge, this guy's got to move his van across the street." He's, you know, I says, "Wow, oh, man!" I says, "We're in the middle of the crime scene." So I, I talk to the guy. He says, "Listen, it's an old piece of shit. It's going to take me twenty minutes just to warm it up." He says, "Can I, can I at least get it started?" I said, "Yeah, sure. Go do what you got to do." He sat in his van for about 15, 20 minutes, running the engine, revving it, trying to get the heater going and everything. The cop came up to me. He says, you're not going to believe this. Right by the exhaust of the van in the snow was a handgun. We did not see the handgun. We initially walked through there. The handgun, you know, was a little hot from being fired. The guy shot himself, dropped the gun, stumbled around. Nobody saw the gun buried in the snow until this guy turned his van on. It melted the snow. Lo and behold, there's the gun. Wow. Oh, man. That guy solved the crime in conjunction with the NYPD? Yeah, no, he solved it. Uh, You know, that thing wouldn't have been found. If he didn't start that car. Talking April. Yeah, it probably would have. That was a cold winter. Uh, that That was one of the most brutally cold days I can remember. Do you remember how long ago this was? 2012, 2013. Dude, I remember that winter. I remember a really brutal winter. And I, it, there was a really bad one not long after I got here. I used to wear, I, I'm coming from the south. You don't, it's, yeah. you're not used to this shit. Bad winters, I mean, you know, people are bitching about the cold weather today. It's really not that bad, considering some of the winters we've had. It's not bad at all. No, in fact, it's 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 almost it's it's borderline uh, balmy out there. Today it's like forty-one degrees. I mean, like I, I thought it was going to be like fifteen for the, you know from January to yeah, not this year. But it doesn't warm up until you get to I mean like May, kinda. 
I mean, well, like, it I, seems to me that the winters are getting longer. It's just cold, shitty weather right up until April or May. It, it's not as brutal, it seems, like in January or February, but it's just cold and nasty right up. At least this year, it seemed like it was cold and nasty right up till May. Love New York. Latest beating from a homeless man. He's been arrested 21 times prior, charged with hate crimes. Now, his name's uh, Kari Covington. 29 years old. He beat a 27-year-old woman. Tina Francisco behind the counter of a mom and pop smoke shop where she works. Video shows Covington lunging at his much weaker victim, punching her hard in the face. I don't know dozens of times, I suppose. Uh, the video is is you know pretty tough. Uh, you know the the victim says that she grabbed a pair of dull scissors. She was very scared. You know she said, "I guess I put up a fight." It didn't feel like much of the time. She's the first thing I could find were these these dull scissors. And uh, she tried to do something with it, but uh, didn't make much of a, of a big difference, she said. Uh, he just wanted to hurt me and, and, and to feel powerful. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, she, she does some uh, falling down there towards the end of the video. I don't know if you've seen it. There's this guy's beating her, and he's on her back, and then, like, uh, she sort of walks him into... Uh, it's, it's, it's bad. Anyway, uh, he has 21 prior arrests, eight cases now sealed which means I guess they happened before he was uh, 18. Well, probably. some of the cases, depending on how you plea out, they will seal them. And uh, this guy, uh, this this guy, you know, is, uh, it, this is how this happened, by the way. Uh, it's you know, family business. They all kind of know each other there. So uh, he's been hanging around. This uh, friend of hers, a co-worker, Benjamin Bates, says, uh, yeah, that of, you know, this homeless guy, he's been hanging around. He lived in a homeless shelter down the street. And he had started flirting with the female employees, being a little creepy with them over the months. We had no idea this would happen. So be cognizant of that. You know, people think that that shit's harmless, you know, this kind of like street catcalling and stuff like that. And, and hey, you know, whatever, to each his own. But, uh, you know, I'm not... I'm what, not one what location was that? This was down in Brooklyn. Uh, in uh, This is in a Brooklyn smoke shop. Oh, well. So I don't know. I don't know where exactly. Oh, Morgan Avenue. Uh, see, well, he's accused of attacking seven women at transit stations, primarily Morgan Avenue subway stations. Oh, so. yes, 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 yes. I saw this cretin uh, in the papers. I believe he also knocked somebody out in the train station, too. Uh, I could be mixing up my stories. Uh, he's held now on $100,000 bail, which is, you know, uh, appropriate. You know, I mean, the guy needs to stay locked up. Yeah, but for him, it's, it's a win-win situation. He gets three hots and a cot. Um, they got really hots? Oh, yeah, 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 It's yeah. not a bologna sandwich or some shit? No, no. Once you go into corrections, the, the days of the bologna and cheese sandwich are over. Oh, well, I had no idea. As a like, matter of fact, I don't even think they even serve bologna the, anymore the because it's Wellington. because of, like, the environment and health concerns, so you don't get bologna and cheese anymore. I, mean, I myself, I, I enjoy a good bologna sandwich every once in a while. Uh, that uh, this uh, that held on a hundred thousand dollars. He he's he slammed with dozens of charges. It says slammed with them. Uh, yes, yeah, slammed. Okay, yeah. Nine assaults that he's uh that he's charged in in uh, Brooklyn Criminal Court. Yeah, Morgan but, Avenue runs through like Greenpoint, um, fairly decent area. I I think it could go up into Bushwick. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Here's the post uh, being a little bit. Uh, I think, but uh, you see, this, this is, is where this is where society forgets. Life has been very civilized in New York uh, up until the reign of De Blasio. Yeah, 
In the good old days, you go into somebody's bodegas and they had some serious weaponry behind the counter. There'd be a pipe, there'd be a machete. Yeah, if you've ever seen uh, Sometimes a, taxi a dri- taxi driver, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, he comes out with a bat after he's been shot, you know, and he's just, uh, no, go ahead, you know, I got this. Yeah. And the guy, uh, yeah, man. Okay, shut your fucking mouth and give me the cash out the drawer. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's okay, go. Man, give me the goddamn don't cash. Don't shoot. I, I'm on. getting it, man. Stop taking so long. Come on. Let me have it. Give me the, give me the bread. Is this all you got? That's it. Reach in your sock and get the rest I of the I don't have any more money, man. Out. Give me the rest of the goddamn That's cash. That's all I got. You, you got more. To... Give me more. Reach in your sock. I got no money. Reach in your sock. You got more bread. That's it, man. Give me the rest hey. of the fucking bread. Hey. Very good movie. I love it. One of my favorites. Now, uh, it says he told detectives he targeted the women. This is nine assaults. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, because they were light-skinned. Now, I don't think he used the term light-skinned. I, I, I'm, I bet you he said because they were white. And I wonder why the Post has to change it to light-skinned. It sounds, I guess, less provocative than white. It could be white. It could also be Hispanic. Yeah, but, I mean, he considered them white. I mean, I don't think he you know, said he, he, they were light-skinned. He, he I don't sa- like light skin. He sounds like he was a little bit angry because, you know, these women were not receptive to his advances. Well, that certainly happened before. And But, you know, you got a guy here. He's got a, you know, he's got a home. He's got a steady residence. and uh, Well, he now he does. You know, what's not to like when you come in? Up from the shelter and... Better than the shelter. You, you're you probably safer in jail. Yes, but, you know, you come walking in there with that certain Subway Ferez, as we used to say. Oh. It's stank ass and... Uh, I think How you I, doing? It's called All Savage. Yes. <laughs> that famous cologne. So, uh, look, I, I, I just think that uh, I've never heard somebody say... You know, I really dislike light-skinned people. I hate light-skinned people. It's not It's not said. And uh, it's certainly not uh, a, a nuance that I think Kari Covington, 29, homeless attacker of light-skinned people, would uh, would go to. Now, most of the attacks took place at a Brooklyn subway station. At least two. Uh, the beating of a woman at Wilson Avenue uh, were above ground. And that was a Wilson Avenue smoke shop there. So yeah, you are Wilson just... Avenue is what neighborhood do you say? That's, uh, Wilson Avenue is... More towards Bushwick. Okay, yeah. Or is the real estate, people say now, East Williamsburg. Depends on if you're buying or selling, I guess. Yeah. Well, Williamsburg, Bushwick. The neighborhood is gentrifying. I've always said this. The area has some of the most beautiful housing stock in New York City on certain blocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely incredible. Yeah, but you go one block over, and uh, you know these are the people that are going to come and rob you. Well, here's the problem. You can also, depending on what part of the neighborhood you're in, you, it's not like you can go to the store and go shopping without dealing with 
Mr. Covington here, Carrington, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, Covington, 29. Yeah, you know, and... Hey, baby, you like that homeless dick? Yeah, if you're an urban (laughs) pioneer or, you know, a hipster moving in over there... Yeah, they know who's dangerous. Yeah, well, it's... I mean, that's what they think. They think they got a pretty good assessment of, like, what danger is. and Until they get the shit beaten out of them. By somebody who hates light-skinned people. It does happen. These charged with hate crimes here, you know. So I mean, like, I, I, I don't know that light skinned is a is a protected designation by any stretch. I mean, I, I suppose you could commit a hate crime against anybody, but well, uh, I think in this particular situation, somebody was thinking with a clear head. Uh, they gave it the hate. Once you up it to a hate crimes designation, penalties become much more severe. The bail goes higher. I think somewhere along the line said that this guy's a raving fucking lunatic and we need to get him off the streets and keep him off the streets. That's a good idea, but I think that it's appropriate. I think I think it's it would totally be, appropriate. I think that it would be completely irresponsible not to do that since he said he targeted them because they were white. But in other, in the, in other jurisdictions and other, depending, it could have been a different DA or whatever, would have said, no, well, it's just an assault three. You only punched him in the face. Yeah, you Disregarding know. the fact that he punched nine people in the face. Right. That's that's that, that's a judge that's an activist, I believe. Uh, would, would you agree? Yes. Okay, so in, in the caught on video attack, yeah, he's going to go behind. He just goes right behind the counter and beats the woman. He does end up robbing her at the end. I believe he takes a, a wad of money either from the register or from her. Let me have it. Give me the, give me the and, uh, yeah, the woman obviously is well, terrified. Well, if he takes the money from the register, now you've upped it from an assault three type situation to a robbery. Okay. You know, at this point, like, if one of the counter guys came in there and cracked him in the head with a bat, it would have been well-deserved. And to me, it wouldn't be much of a problem. Yes. Uh, let's have a look and see exactly where he grabs his money from. And we do get a warning. There's graphic content here. As you see him just beating her. Oh, she's on the ground. He's swinging yeah. left, 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 left. Uh, maybe he's punched her about six, seven times. That's an exceptionally bad beating. Maybe not dozens of times. Now there, now she catches the the edge there. I guess he could. And look at that. It looks like the money did not come out of the register. It came out of. Oftentimes there'll be a box under the counter. Right. Yeah. That's an exceptionally bad beating. Wow, and that means something coming from you. You've seen some beatings. Yeah, she's totally unaware. She was at the register at the moment. Uh, yeah, punch, 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 punch. And this is not quick. This is like no, they've cut is, out a piece This is going to be the most horrifying minute of this woman's life. Yeah. At this point, it doesn't matter if he, if he takes a piece of bubble gum. Yeah, he, he's, it, it, something it, happened. It's robbery. Look at that. Uh, and, and she looks dazed. You know, she stands up. She has looks, no idea what hit her. That was an absolutely brutal beatdown. The guy is now, like I said, $100,000 bail. Unlikely to come up with that, I suppose. Yeah, she has, like you said, no idea what hit her. He should reach out to the Kennedys. Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, I think Carrie Kennedy's. I don't know if she's still running her bail project. Maybe they can free this man. Surely they ran out of money of it at some point, not out of money. I mean, Kennedy's would never run out of money, but you know, for that particular deal, that that was uh, that was disastrous. Her her little bail project. We talked extensively about that. I was I was very unhappy with what I was seeing. I mean, it's just it's an outrage what she's her idea. Carrie Kennedy saying that people are putting. It's not fair. For people to be in jail because they're poor. They're not in jail because they're poor. Being poor is not a crime. So we work on bail reform. In New York, for instance, when um, when you are accused of a crime, arrested by police, 
you're brought before a judge. And the judge decides if you are too dangerous to yourself or society, they remand you, they put you in jail, and they don't let you out before trial. If in the judge's view, you do not have to be remanded, then the judge will set bail. If you are wealthy, you pay the bail and go home to your family, to your school, to your lawyers, to your home, and you prepare for trial, back to your job. So um, when Harvey Weinstein was accused by over 90 women of sexual assault and rape, he paid $1 million bail and he was put back on the streets of New York. Retard. Why? Because he was wealthy enough to pay bail. A lot of people are not wealthy enough to pay their bail and they are accused of much lesser crimes. For instance, earlier this year, we bailed out a woman who could not make $25 in bail and she had been put in jail for unpaid parking tickets. So imagine that. Now this becomes much, much worse in the age of Corona because the jails in our country have the highest concentration rates of coronavirus of almost any place. Oh my God, in quarantine and lockdown. Well, is it quarantine, lockdown, and COVID? What's the correct? So they're cauldrons of corona. Um. <laughs> and people like this woman are literally facing a death sentence. You are a Because she could not put together $25 for the unpaid parking tickets. So we are bailing them out and trying to get legislation passed so that these minor offenses will not be jailable offenses. And so that we uh, decrease, decarcerate our jails and prisons across the country. I didn't know that people were actually going into prison uh, for not paying parking tickets. That's really crazy. And and it's a big burden. Being is not a crime. Yeah, until they're like walking across your front lawn and looking in your window. That and, would be the and, criminal and, element and, of it, yeah. And, now, all of a sudden, the guy's breaking in your house. But yeah. that won't happen to her. No, it won't happen to her. And and uh, people tend to think everybody's doing what they're doing, you know? And, and even yeah, then, well, you don't know that you live a little bit of a different life as a fucking Kennedy? Yeah, for the 99% of the rest, of the, probably 99.9% .9 of the population, no, we don't live like that. Yeah, it's, it's not even the 1%. Now, victims of Saturday's violent manhattan rampage were called to the post how a club wielding stranger suddenly pounced on them while they were simply waiting for the subway simply waiting for the subway minding their own goddamn business on the street some of the madman's 10 victims included a food delivery man who was beaten unconscious that's fucked up a fordham university freshman injured while trying to protect his girlfriend a tourist well i, was, I would say while protecting his girlfriend because you know he, he protected her well enough if he took the beating a tourist from Texas whose hand was broken as he defended his wife and young daughters. Just uh, 30 seconds changed my whole life in a dramatic way. This is 57-year-old Sharif Aliba making a food delivery in the city. He was attacked Saturday evening. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Nothing even... He's you know, 57. That's saying something. You've had some bad experiences, probably a colonoscopy. You know, you might have had a, a little bout with cancer or something. You know, I mean, a lot of shit happens. Um, by to you, but probably divorced, you know, or married, if, either one. If you've never 
experienced that in your life. I've been hit. I've been been in some good brawls and took some punches and and sober. Yeah, and I took a rap in the head a couple of years ago out in Queens going to check on my father. I got jumped by a, grump, a bunch of kids. Yeah. And, you know, I knew how to react. I've been hit before. I also know that you have to keep functioning. Otherwise, they are going to kick the shit out of you. Well, yeah, and in your case, uh, you were undoubtedly carrying a firearm at the time. Yeah, that ended an, the conversation. an added risk, yeah. But that ended with, oh, shit, he's got a gun. Uh, and now, how did you hold back from just fucking firing away on these? I know it takes a lot of self-control. Well, you got to remember, that's, at that point, at 37 years experience as a police officer, you know what you can do and what you can't do. At that point, I was just trying to save myself from getting annihilated. I was not going to shoot them. If somebody had started swinging a pipe at my head, maybe it would be a different story. But this was a punch in the head. Yeah. And now it was just going to be a general ass kicking. But if they continue on when you have the gun on them, surely you have to. Well, then at that point, that's thank the Lord it didn't get to that point. Mm, yeah. So you're not actually eager to shoot someone of course not these are 16 year old 17 year old assholes just out looking for trouble and but here i am out looking for trouble oh they found it Um, violently assaulting a guy for no reason you know yeah and all of a sudden you know that's an experience they'll never forget trust me on that one that the crazy guy looks like an old man with white hair yeah took a gun out and said okay game on but who told like, you you look like a crazy old man with white hair? I, I hear that. I hear that all the time, actually. <laughs> um, but that said, like I said, this is a rough and tumble life that I've lived. Yeah. This man has not lived that kind of life. Right. And pretty good shot. No, he's never been hit before. Maybe in 30, 40, 50 years since he was a kid. Yeah, he's 57. And you take a rap like that, that's a terrifying experience for people. Yeah, a food delivery uh, guy does get into, I mean, you see them robbed sometimes and beaten. It's not too unusual. You know, here's a point that nobody's considering here. This man's 57 years old out doing food deliveries. Yeah. He's doing what he needs to do, you know, to make ends meet. 57 years old delivering food. Yeah. That's a tough existence. Should be applauded. Rather than should beaten. be applauded. This yeah. is a man trying to do the right thing. What do you want to bet he used to drive a cab? Well, whether he did or he didn't, but uh, he, he he didn't uh, purchase the medallion, and so at least he's out from under that. But, well, I mean, he would have been know. destroyed by that anyway. That, that they that killed would, the medallions, th- but that would have already changed his life forever. Yeah, yeah, bankruptcy generally has that effect on people. If but um, if, if for people who don't know, the, the taxi medallions a few years ago were, you know, a million bucks, uh, and sometimes more, I think. And now they're, what, about a couple hundred thousand? I think they're about 200 grand. Yeah, they've really lost their value, thanks to Uber and Lyft. So uh, the TLCs do what they can, but Jesus Christ, there's limits to what you can do to regulate business. The shocking violence began in a Tribeca train station, 6.35 p.m., ended less than an hour later, right here in beautiful Chelsea, when uh, suspect Brian Thompson, he's 43 years old, crashed a stolen car into a West Side Highway median. His first uh, victim, allegedly, was Aliba. That's the driver. He was looking for a bench to sit on 
in the Canal Street subway station when Thompson came forward uh, towards him and he, he with this big stick in his hand. He started shouting fucking, and I don't know what this word is. It's N and then some other letters that they've, uh, and then E-R. I, I have no idea what it would be. Uh, and raised the stick and started hitting me. You know, you're called the suspect. Uh, the suspect is also black, uh, which uh, it's you know, probably works in his favor in, in this case. The Cairo Egypt native said he was smacked once in the arm. Again on his right hand, as he raised to protect his head, I was forced to put my arm down because I couldn't take the pain. The third hit came directly down on my head. Everything went black. He couldn't see anything. He fell down. He heard people screaming. Oliva said his arm was broken in the attack. He may not be able to work for the next month. I don't know how I'll get by, he said. Like he said, tough existence. Uh, Things are just not safe anymore, he said. I never expected this, just as I was trying to take a ride on the subway. This is not uh, a bad neighborhood. It's, you know, Tribeca subway station. That's, you know, Tribeca isn't fairly... Well, uh, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition either. Right. That said, he has a... Yeah, the only thing you expect is a hurricane, you know what I mean? And generally you get a warning. But this guy here, he covered the gamut. I think the only thing he missed on here was rape and murder. When it comes to the amount of mayhem and assault and carjackings and, you know... Yeah, sounds bad. And another guy that cycles through the system on a regular basis, and they leave them out when, honestly, I mean, I don't know what his issues are. If not in jail, he should probably be in an institution where he can be properly medicated. Mm-hmm. He fell to the floor, this guy. Now, this guy, he, there was another guy describing the attack. He had moved on to an 18-year-old, Myel Quinton. He was out. On a romantic date with his girlfriend, the couple were sitting on a bench at the same train station on their way back. to see. You see a beating happen, right? Now, it's the same train station. Uh, they might not have seen it. I, I would move out immediately. You know, I mean, like, I'd love to think, oh, I'm going to rush in and help this delivery guy. If I'm on a date, I'm going to like, hey, why don't we get the fuck out of here? You know? And, no, uh, let's take out our phones and video. Right. Video recorded. I wonder or something. if that did happen. That very well may have. Uh, Let's stand here while this man is running amok and see if we can get some good video to post on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were on their way back to their hotel from dinner in Soho. They heard screaming on the platform. We got up and saw a man running up to us with a big wooden pole. A wooden pole? The suspect was mumbling as he tried to batter Quentin, who who raised his arm to block the blow. He was hit in the wrist. The teen began to sprint for the exit. He's 18. He realized his girlfriend had been cornered by the creep at the dead end of the platform. What? As the teen began to sprint for the exit. Leaving his girlfriend. He realized his girlfriend had been cornered by the creep. Jesus. I screamed at him. Don't touch her. I'm right here. And he started running towards me. The teen then hopped a turnstile. So he did distract her away, distract him away from the lady, which is... uh, Shocking. You got somebody cornered, you know? I mean, wait, it's, you're, you're going to hit her. Who says chivalry is not dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he got whacked on the back of the head and the arm as he jumped when he call, uh, jumped the turnstile of the booth to call the police. And he fell to the floor, causing a gash on his face, three stitches. He also needed staples to close up the cut on the head. I'm just glad his girlfriend didn't get hurt. Yeah, he's pointing that out. I'm just glad she, I'm, I managed to. Yeah, well, good for you. Yes, in my act of cowardice while running away, I managed to distract. I, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to cut the kid some slack. I'm going to cut him one. some slack too. He, he it sounds as if uh, he, he's, he's his heart's in the right place. Uh, the young woman lives in Pennsylvania. She was pretty shaken up. 
There was blood all over my face, dripping all over the floor, all over her clothes. The attack was just completely random, completely out of place, according to Quentin. We felt we were in a relatively safe neighborhood. It wasn't late. Well, Quentin's 100% right. He was in a relatively safe neighborhood. Relatively, yeah. It uh, doesn't mean as much as it used to, does it? Um, now, this guy here, uh, the next guy, 37-year-old Thakuri Namga, Namgaya, he just finished up his Uber shift. He was preparing to head back home to Jersey. Uh, we were going to go through the tunnel. He was parked, moving some things from his back seat before his trip home. This guy, Thompson, allegedly jumped behind the wheel of his vehicle. Now, this guy is, uh, as I said, did I give his name already? Surely I did, right? Uh, Thompson. Brian, I think he said did it was I, Brian Did Thompson. I already say this? Okay, I'm not going to go back and find it then. Uh, so, yeah, he allegedly uh, jumped behind the wheel of his vehicle. I confronted him saying, what are you doing? He had a huge log. <laughs> so it's a long wooden pole. Now it's a huge log. And slammed me in the head. I was dazed, and I could barely defend myself. He slammed my arm and wrist. The Uber driver said he eventually just let go that his attacker took off in his SUV. So he didn't give it up right away, but eventually, yes. I never thought this would happen in that neighborhood. I don't know what's going on, but this is wrong. I don't know what's going on. You don't listen to New York City Crime Report. That's That's right. You don't know what's going on. Jesus. I mean, we've been telling people this for years, you know, that this is happening. And it's a a shame when people don't understand that we have to support the police, that we have to uh, support their rights to do what they need to do to suspects and we need to oppose bail reform absolutely and we it's uh we need to st- I, don't, I don't know how to stand in opposition to that any more than than to say it over uh you know the podcast airwaves whatever those are you know put it into a little box uh, and, and uh, onto a little file and let you guys download it but you know if you doesn't matter where you live if you live in uh, Mongolia, say, where we're big, there you go. or uh, Australia, uh, or uh, you, you might live in New Zealand, you might live in, uh, you know, uh, anywhere in the world, and you listen to this program, you know more about staying safe in New York City than most people who live right here. In New York City. Yeah. They have an unrealistic sense of safety. And they love to think it has something to do with social justice or something. And, social justice. You know, look, staying safe has nothing to do with Twitter. So keep that in mind. We're hitting the hour point, Pete. And I, hate, I always hate to end the conversation. But, uh, you know, his girlfriend wants to go to the goddamn museum today. And uh, got to Wh- make that Which happen. museum? Metropolitan Museum of Art. Which is uh, $0, so I'm happy about that. You know, if New York resident, you walk right the fuck in. Now you have to make an appointment, though. To go there. Is it even open? Yeah, COVID. No, no, it's open. We're not going to break in. <laughs> Don't even open. go there. It's open. Uh, we went to the natural history already, and, uh, you know, bit of a disappointment I... for the little woman. What can I say? She, the, she's the big whale didn't impress her. Well, or the, or the dinosaur. Yeah, she got more excited about the Grey's papaya afterwards. And uh, If you're in the Museum of Metropolitan Art, check out the body armor. The Oh, yeah. That's and the weapons, the section. medieval weapons, because I have a feeling the way life is going around here, we'll probably be resorting to that kind of stuff again. Can't wait. I can't wait till I can get myself a nice set of armor, you know, some kind of a, a slingshot, a, broad, a mace, a, a broadsword. Yeah, you can't be too careful these days. A suit of mail. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out, Pete. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to New York City Crime Report.
Is it over?